welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. I'm Laura Forehand. I am here with my amazing, wonderful friend, Rhonda, and we are excited to have another podcast. How are you doing today, Rhonda? I'm doing great, Laura. So, so thankful to be here with everybody today. And once again, we have Coach B joining us on the podcast today. Woohoo! Yay! Coach is someone who pays attention to the concerns of teachers and has graciously, graciously joined us each week as we embark on season four of the podcast. And we couldn't be more grateful. The mind of Coach Biffle never sleeps. I wish I had his energy. I don't know what he's taking or what he's doing, but I wish I had his energy. And he's back today to talk about mime vacation, a mindfulness game. Welcome back, Coach. Delighted to be here, ladies. This is a new adventure for whole brain teaching. I'm powerfully influenced by all my colleagues, especially Andre Desitel who's really educated me about the needs of extremely beloved rascals. Um, A little bit about this different approach. Laura, there's two kinds of therapy. One we'll call top-down and the other we'll call bottom-up. Top-down therapy is extremely popular, very powerful, cognitive behavioral therapy is one example. So you go into the therapist, Laura, and you talk about your thoughts and the therapist points out to you the thoughts that you're having that are making you unhappy and helps you to unravel the thorny issues inside your brain. And it's essentially talk and reason and talk and reason. Laura, explain top-down therapy. Okay, so top-down therapy is like behavior or cognitive behavioral therapy that you're talking about. It's where you um, might go in to see a therapist and you're talking about your issues um, and you, you do kind of this talk and reason dialogue back and forth. Yes. Now, Rhonda, another kind of therapy we call bottom up therapy. Now in bottom up therapy, you sit, you meditate, You listen to calming sounds, and what you're doing is working on your brain stem and the lower parts of your brain that control respiration and adrenaline and heart rate. You're harmonizing yourself, and it isn't about reason. It's about deep, guided relaxation. 
explain bottom-up therapy, dear Rhonda. All righty. So this bottom-up therapy kind of focuses in on your brain where you sit, you meditate, you listen to calming sounds, you're controlling your breathing, you're relaxing, you're getting that heart rate down, and you're harmonizing with everything. So you're calming down first. Now, years ago, mid-60s and 70s, and on back to Freud in 1900, there was a lot of negative criticism of bottom-up therapy. What you needed to do is to talk to people and get them to think right. And bottom-up therapy was associated with new age and any number of things, but there's a lot of research now that mindfulness training is deeply healing, something that our kids need, and old Coach B has seen the light that, yes, we want to help kids reason, but we also want to help them calm down. Laura, explain how delighted you are that old Coach is starting to see the mindfulness light. Go ahead. Oh, Coach, I love this aspect uh, um, that you're incorporating into whole brain teaching because I do think it's really important Um just ever since COVID, um, we've seen a lot of kids um, presenting with more trauma than, you know, I think we were used to seeing in our classroom. So I, I think this is absolutely vital for our classrooms today. Rhonda, let's talk about something deeply unpleasant, toxic stress. Toxic stress a shoehorn definition would be when you are repeatedly in situations that are more than you can handle. So if you are a wild jack and your parents are poor and not always present and you're not getting enough to eat and you're not getting enough to sleep and there's chaos in the neighborhood, you're suffering from toxic stress and it has, if untreated, devastating consequences. Toxic stress can influence the architecture of the developing brain. Toxic stress can enlarge your amygdala, which is your fight, flee, or freeze, so that you're in a state of almost permanent alarm, make it difficult for you to think clearly and actually reduces the size of the hippocampus. The hippocampus is deep inside the brain and it's concerned with the formation of long-term memories. So talk, we have kids, no doubt, coming to school suffering from toxic stress, not able to control moods, very inarticulate about their feelings, their feelings are on a tripwire, and it isn't because they're bad kids. Let's get that straight. If you take the view that these kids are bad kids, then you're not thinking clearly yourself. Rhonda, talk about toxic stress and what our kids are suffering from. Go ahead. 
it, it brings back many students that I've had, and it makes sense that I, I, mean, I didn't realize they were in this toxic stress, but definitely are. It's just repeated, repeatedly being in a situation that is more than you can handle. And that could be, you know, just their life situation and what they're dealing with at home, in their neighborhood, at school. I mean, I even thought of a student that, I mean, he was supposed to be on medication and parents wouldn't give it to him. I mean, and that is kind of a constant flux for him that was a stress, toxic stress that he wasn't dealing with. So it's opening my eyes to um, things that I had in my classroom. Laura. Here has been my problem with mindfulness. I know that if we're going to do this, we need to do it several times a day. And I'm suggesting we're going to do our mindfulness training whenever kids enter the room. They come into the room, they do a fiber assessment, and we go right to mindfulness training. Well, if kids are going to do this several times a day all year, Laura, it better be fun. Mm -hmm. And it better be simple. Mm -hmm. And it better be enlargeable. Those are some really tough checkboxes. Laura, explain what we need if we're going to do onfulness, mind, onfulness, if we're going to do onfulness, mindfulness training multiple times a day all year. What do we need, Laura? Yeah. Um, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is something we need to incorporate in our classrooms multiple times a day. But if we're going to do that, it needs to be fun. It needs to be simple because I can already hear the teacher voices in my head that are like, this is one more thing. So we need to make it simple for our teachers and for our students. Um, and then I forget the last thing you said, coach, tell me I'm so cool. What oh, was we, the last thing? We need last to be thing? able to enlarge it we need to it has to be flexible enough that teachers can add their own stuff it has to be as we say a module yes yes definitely all right here we go so our mindfulness game is gonna be called mime vacation it's gonna be called mime because we want kids to be doing things silently and quietly and it's called vacation because wow we're come to school we're on vacation immediately has a positive sense Rhonda explain how happy your kids will be if they come in the classroom and discover it's vacation time well absolutely anytime you talk about vacation those kids are going to get excited so this mime vacation the mime is going to be the quiet, the silently doing it, and the vacation is that positive um, spin or vibe that we're going to have with it. Yes. Now, Laura, the teacher stands in front of the room, and there's some peaceful music going on. And the teacher says, we're going on a mime vacation. Just do what I do. You can say what I'm saying, but just do what I do. First thing we're going to do on our mind vacation is we're going to do some rock climbing. So, Laura, I want you to describe to the audience what you see me doing, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing rock climbing. Okay, so you have one hand up as if you're grabbing a rock, and then you alternate to the other hand. And you're reaching kind of out to the side with you're alternating your hand again, reaching out to the side. 
and alternating again, reaching out to the other side, kind of in a rock climbing motion. Then both hands are up, almost like you're pulling down and looking up over a mountain, perhaps. That's exactly it. So the beauty of rock climbing is it gives you an opportunity to put your hands up or out to the right or out to the left or pull yourself up on a ledge. Mm -hmm. And I want to add, this is our spin on mindfulness, I want to add guided imagery. Guided imagery, extremely powerful. It goes back to C.G. Jung before 1900, and it's been enormously used in therapy for PTSD and many other things. So as I'm climbing up the rock, I'm just saying, I'm reaching way over here. And now I'm reaching up here. And I'm getting higher. Oh, I hold out my arms. I'm balancing on a ledge. Everybody balance with me. We feel so good. It's such a beautiful day. It's wonderful to be up here and feel strong. <coughs> Laura, talk a little bit about the narrative that we can add as inspiration guides us. Go ahead. Yeah. So one thing that came to mind when you were talking, Coach, was just the tone of your voice was very calming and peaceful. <coughs> and so, you know, our kids may be coming in with all this energy from maybe something that happened at home or in the cafeteria during breakfast or whatever. And as they're coming in, we can use our voices to guide that calm and peaceful imagery um, to, to kind of bring them back down, kind of bring them back into focus so we can get our day started. And I think saying, you know, it's, it's a beautiful day. It's a, you know, we're strong. Things like that are going to you know, we're instilling those in our students. Let's just talk a little bit more about this. So the language that we're going to use here, Rhonda, is about the beauty of the scene, about our strength, about our pleasure in rock climbing with all of our friends. We're all rock climbing on this same cliff about how confident we feel and sometimes we're just going to stop and balance because that feels so nice so it is slow and nice and guided and we talk about the blue sky and the white clouds we get up to a certain place around and we put our hand on our forehead and we look around oh a green valley purple lake. What a beautiful place this is to rock climb. Surround. So what are we doing? It's whole brain mindfulness training. See and hear and do and have fun and harmonize your emotions. In a story, kids like stories. The world likes stories. Rhonda, explain mind vacation a mindfulness game with guided imagery. Go ahead, Rhonda. Wow, this, I mean, this is a lot. I hope I don't forget anything, leave anything out. So um, jump in if I do. But we have this mind vacation where we take the kids kind of on a journey 
and we are doing actions and we're talking in a slow, nice kind of guided um, journey together where we can create this vivid, beautiful scene as we're doing this action. So like you said, we're incorporating whole brain teaching. We're involving that movement, that seeing, that saying, that listening, all that together and to get them harmonized with their feelings. Yes. Laura, our motto is only connect. So this builds deep, peaceful connections between the student and the teacher. Mm -hmm. It builds deep, peaceful connections between the top of the brain and the bottom of the brain. And I also want to extend those connections to the other kids. And I would say, careful now, but wave slowly at your friends. Say, we're having fun. I I think the most powerful I think the most powerful experience that our kids can have are those three connections. Self teacher, self self, self classmates. And that's one of the problems that I have with mindfulness is kids curl up in a ball and they're all isolated already on the floor and being isolated and not in contact with others, that social dimension is deeply healing. When we're depressed, we feel cut off from the world. Laura, explain the importance of including in our guided imagery this sense that we're doing this all together. Oh, what fun we're having. Go yeah. yeah, so, you know, with with typical meditation, I know the times that I've meditated, I'm by myself. So I am connecting to myself, but this goes beyond that. Well, so what we're looking at is I'm going to connect with my students through my actions, through my tone of voice, through bringing kind of us all together to the, to do this one mindfulness activity. Um, and that students can make that connection with their self, but they also can make that connection with their classmates. We're all in this together. We're on this journey together, um, which I think is so powerful because like you said, they're, you know, sometimes our students come in and they think they're the only ones that are dealing with whatever they're dealing with in the world outside the classroom. And it's just kind of nice to bring everybody together and we're all doing this journey together. Now, at the end of each episode we say, all right, in this particular, we're now we're to the top of the mountain. Look all around. Everybody, three deep breaths. I had 10 deep breaths this morning, but I don't think I can get kids to take 10 deep breaths together. So we want to finish each episode. And there's seven episodes, my friend. We want to finish each episode with three deep breaths. So a lot of slow motion stuff and guided imagery, connecting to others, finish with three deep breaths. Rhonda, explain how we're going to finish each episode. And we got six more to come. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So after all these seven different episodes, how you need to end it is by taking three deep breaths. All right. Now, Laura, because this is all in the day one stage, I'm thinking that you rock climb on one day 
and you get up to the top of the mountain and you say, oh, look, there's a beautiful lake. Maybe later today we'll go swimming in the lake. So the second episode is lake swimming. And in lake swimming, Laura, watch me, I'm swimming slow motion. Mm -hmm. Oh, it feels so good. So strong to swim, swim slow motion, right arm, left arm. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, the butterfly stroke. There's the back stroke. Oh, so many different strokes mm -hmm. that I'm doing as I swim across the lake. And I see the white clouds up above. And I see high up in the sky a hawk. Oh, I wish I was a hawk. I see some beautiful trees over there. So in lake swimming, instead of climbing, we're swimming. And that's a nice thing. And when we're done swimming, and we climb out on this sandy beach, we take three deep breaths. Laura, explain episode two. Go ahead. So episode two is lake swimming. And again, it's very purposeful, slow, calming strokes, swim strokes. Um, you know, whichever swim strokes you want to incorporate. Um, and maybe talking a little bit about the beauty of your surroundings. And then when we come to the other side of the lake, let's say we swim across the lake, then we're going to end, end our, that session with those three deep breaths. Yes. I want to backtrack a little bit. We do lake swimming and we do some slow motion dog paddling. We take three deep breaths, and then we're going to do deep diving. Deep diving is the third episode. Hands over your ears. I like this. Hands over your ears. Now just watch me. I'm bending my knees, going down, down, down to the bottom of the lake, and I'm straightening my knees up, 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 down to the bottom and up, down to the bottom and up. Hands over my ears, blocking out all other kinds of noises, and I'm Diving deep and floating to the surface, and diving deep and floating to the surface. So episode three is deep diving, and we end with three deep breaths. Rhonda, explain episode, wait, episode, explain episode three, which is deep diving. Go ahead. All right. This episode three of deep diving, you're going to put your hands over your ears to block out all that sound and everything. And then you're going to bend down as if, as if you're deep diving into the water and then slowly coming back up. Yes. Now, Laura, we get out on the beach and Laura, 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 what do we find on the beach? You got any idea? I'm imagining it something calming and peaceful and beautiful. Yes, we find a hawk feather. Nice. When you pick up the hawk feather, it gives you the power of flight. Watch me, Laura. I'm flapping my arms. Mm -hmm. I'm flapping my arms. I can fly. I always wanted to fly. Up and down. Higher and higher. Out over the forest. Down through the valley. So when I'm hawk flying, I'm flapping my arms, and sometimes, and this is the best part, Laura, arms are out straight, and I'm gliding, tipping to the left and gliding, tipping to the right and gliding, 
ah, feeling the wind on my body and I'm flying. Oh, I see the cliff that I was climbing. I see the lake I was swimming in. I'm flying like a hawk. And then I land in three deep breaths. Explain episode four. Yeah, fourth, dear, ep fourth episode. So we have, you know, done our swimming in the lake and our deep breaths and then the deep diving and our deep breaths. Now we're on the shore and we find a hawk feather, which gives us the power of flight. And so where we can flap our wings, we can glide, um, we can notice the beauty that is around us. And, you know, we noticed that cliff that we were, we were on a while back. So yeah, I love that imagery. Beautiful. Now, Rhonda, again, this is day one of my vacation. So as I'm talking about it, and that's the joy of talking to my two good friends, I'm thinking that all we do is rock climbing for several days, maybe five days, and say, you know, when I see everyone is really good at rock climbing, and we'll see what we find up on top of the cliff. And then I'm going to do rock climbing for a bit, and as part of the meditation, perhaps I do the swimming. So I don't want to use all these up in a hurry. I want to keep the idea that we all need to be climbing together before we go on to anything else. Rhonda, explain how it's a long year and we need to space this stuff out. Go ahead. Right. You want to make this last as long as possible. So start with that first episode one, that rock climbing, and maybe do it for about five days. And then slowly incorporate that that next episode as you're doing episode one, then mention that episode two and go on that, but do it slowly because it's a long year. <laughs> yes. Now, Laura, I know you really liked the hawk flying. I could tell by the look on your face. But when we land, we find a leaf and we pick up the leaf and Laura, we become a tree, swaying to the left, swaying to the right, in the breeze, tick-tock. We're a tree, swaying one way and then the other, arms at our sides, arms straight over our heads. We're a tree. And then when the breeze stopped, three deep breaths. Laura, explain how happy you're going to be that after a nice hawk flying episode, you get to sway around like a tree. Go. Yeah. So fifth episode is we find this leaf and we get to become a tree where we're swaying in the breeze very systematically and slowly and gently just swaying in the breeze as one whole class. Yes. Uh, Rhonda. Mm -hmm. We got to take a walk, but when we walk, we walk slow motion. So right arm up, left arm back. Now left arm up, right arm back, walk slow motion. Oh, we're barefoot. I can feel that sand on my feet. I feel the wind on my face, taking a slow walk through the trees. I smell the leaves. Oh, so peaceful to stroll 
in this beautiful world. What a great vacation. So the sixth episode is the slow stroll. And when you're finished strolling, it's some deep breaths. Go ahead. All right. So the sixth episode is the slow stroll. Make sure I get that out correctly. And it's just kind of a slow motion walking, getting those arm movements in, as well as that leg motion going. Don't forget the narrative where you're talking about what you're seeing as you go, what you're feeling, maybe even what you're smelling, things like that. And then at the end, three deep breaths. Now, Laura, my listeners may say, well, should we do it this way or that way or this way or that way? My friends, there's no whole brain teaching police, especially when you're on a mind vacation. Do it different ways. Judge by the reaction of your kids. But never give up on any particular strategy until you've done it a few times and gotten better at it. Now, Laura, seventh episode. We see a big, soft, cuddly teddy bear, as big as a grizzly, just laying in a nice little nest of grass. So we put our hands together, put them on our cheek like a pillow, and we just take 10 deep breaths sleeping with this big, soft teddy bear, feeling completely at peace and thinking about the great adventures we've had and the great adventures we can have. So last episode is 10 deep breaths, it's bear sleep, and let's just completely relax here. Everybody, you could lay on the floor if you want to. I don't care if kids go to sleep a little bit. I would like for them to just have some relaxation time with bear sleep. Rhonda, talk about the seventh episode. All right. The seventh episode is bear sleep. So you tell the kids to imagine this big, soft, cuddly teddy bear that's in the grass, and you're going to have them put their hands together and rest their cheek as if they're sleeping with this teddy bear, and you're taking 10 deep breaths as you do this, just kind of relax and kind of go into that sleep mode sensation. All right. Now, Laura, as you know, it's a long year. Mm -hmm. Next steps, and we can take this journey over and over again. We can let kids pick which part of the journey they want. We can let some kids lead some of these episodes. We can let kids suggest other kinds of things to do on a mind vacation. Maybe you want to surf in the perfect wave. Maybe you want to go up in an air balloon. Or maybe you want to be a cloud. Lots of possibilities here for student leadership. But let's just combine these elements. One, mindfulness practice with the whole body in a story format, guided imagery, and some social context where we're doing this with our friends. Let's do it whenever kids enter the room. What do you think, Laura? 
Are you going to start tomorrow with mind vacation, Laura? Well, I d- I would if I had school on Mondays, but I don't. Okay. I'm, we're on four days a week. So how about Tuesday, Coach? How about sure. Tuesday? Yeah. No, the thing I really love about this too is like, I, as a teacher, I have some high energy kids. I'm sure we all do, or we all remember some high energy kids that we've had. And so the thing that I love about this guided um, meditation is that you're using those mirror neurons, right? The kids are following your lead. So, you know, as you are coming into this calm space, your kids, you're inviting your kids to come into this calm space as well, which I think is amazing. Well, I thought of too, that you could even do it before a big test or something, yes. that anxiety down. Yes. And the kids can repeat words after you or not. They can do it or not. But if I had a beloved rascal who came in upset from the playground and didn't want to do this, just being surrounded by 20 people creating a peaceful, pleasant, stress-free atmosphere might be the very, very best thing for Wild Jack. What do you think, Laura? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like I can, I can think of at least one. I have... I have a student that has a behavior IEP and I I can see them possibly, you know, not wanting to participate at first. But I think the longer we do it, because I've seen this in other areas, the longer we do something, the more relaxed they become and the more they want to participate in what we're doing. So I definitely think this this has far reaching implications for for some of our our behavior students, as well as, you know, our our other students, all students. Uh, Rhonda, I've got myself so relaxed here that I can barely talk without slurring, but I'm going to add this part, Rhonda. Okay. You have a kid who isn't doing it. Do not despair. They cannot turn off their visual cortex. So as they watch people, being relaxed, their visual cortex is mirroring those gestures. And in the same way that when you see a a person hit a baseball over the fence inside yourself, all of the brain areas would be activated as if you were swinging the bat. So the least active part of your body might need to be the body because the visual cortex is replaying all this stuff. It also, Laura, Mm -hmm. if you think of the mind as a television with lots of channels, this introduces a new channel into kids' brains that they've never watched before and that is doing things that keeps their amygdala calm down and keeps and is an antidote to toxic stress. Mm-hmm. And we need antidotes to toxic stress. Mm-hmm. Talk about the new channel in the kid's brain. Go. Yeah. Um, giving them, you know, some of our kids, all they know is those, you know, immediate outbursts, whether it's anger or you know, silly or whatever. And so giving them other options, such as 
a mind vacation where they're learning to, you know, control how their body feels. And, and in turn, that is helping to control or adjust or re-regulate their amygdala. Huge. That's huge. Kids with toxic stress are in this state of either fighting and quarreling or fleeing, leaving the classroom, or just being wrapped up in themselves and refusing to participate or freezing. A mind vacation is neither fight nor flee nor freeze. It is, it flips the switch inside the brain. And if we keep flipping that switch, what's going to happen the 10th or 15th or 20th time we take one of these mind, mind vacations? And some kids start to get up and, and lead these and make suggestions. I think we're going to have calmer kids. And I know we shouldn't be concerned at all, Rhonda, about the mental state of teachers, but it might calm some of us down too. What do you think, Rhonda? I was, I was thinking the same thing. It might help me in the classroom too. If I'm feeling kind of stressed out, we might go on a mind vacation just for me and the kids are going to benefit from it. We want to be careful. Now, we want our viewers to know it is the M-I-M-E vacation, the MIME vacation. All right, my friends, good fun. We got in close to half an hour and uh, always joyful to talk to you two wonderful, brilliant, insightful ladies. Yes. Well, wow, Coach, once again, you have brought all of our, our listeners such great information and us here as well. I mean, I think whether you're in the classroom or out of the classroom, this is something that you can definitely use in this day and age. It's such a game changer and it will be a game changer in our classroom classrooms. Again, wait we- a second. Wait a second. Laura, Rhonda, <laughs> what if we did mime vacations with our family? I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great idea, coach. I think that is a great idea. We could practice at home before taking it into the classroom. Um, We do want to encourage our listeners to listen and re-listen to all of Coach's amazing podcasts this season. Um, He has started us out on season four and he continues to bring us such amazing information In addition, head over to Amazon to order your copy of Coach's latest book, Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids, the second edition. Also, check out our website, www.wholebrainteaching.com for information and videos about whole brain teaching. And don't forget to check out our official store on Teachers Pay Teachers for all our free whole brain teaching resources. And finally, don't forget about the whole brain teaching Facebook pages. As you can see, there are so many ways to stay up to date on the latest and greatest that coach has to offer us. Right. Um, Laura said it all coach. We appreciate all you do tirelessly for educators. You've added another tool for our toolbox and we truly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We also want to thank you, our listeners. We appreciate your comments on the Facebook pages and love hearing stories of how you are implementing coaches strategies in your classroom. And I think that helps all teachers. They want to see about it and hear it before they implement it. So keep doing that. Um, Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your teacher friends and administrators. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do what we do without you. Until the next time, goodbye.